0: And welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. Well, a federal appeals court in St. Louis has struck down EPA's rule that effectively bans chlorpyrifos, a pesticide widely used in agriculture, The 8th Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in a years-long battle involving environmental and agribusiness groups that the EPA failed to follow sound science and the law when it revoked chlorpyrifos tolerances in a 2021 rule. The American Farm Bureau Federation was among several farm groups that sued the EPA. American Farm Bureau attorney Travis Cushman says the courts originally gave EPA six months to modify its tolerances rule. And rather than modify them, and just follow the science on it, they just kind of stripped their hands and canceled all tolerances. And the court found that was inappropriate without you know, first looking uh, at, at the science and the law. AFB's Sam Kiefer said when EPA issued its rule, soybean producers and fruit and vegetable growers would have to turn to fewer, less effective, and more expensive pesticides. For some crops like soybeans, there are some alternatives, but none of them have quite the broad spectrum of coverage as chlorpyrifos. There are other crops, um, you know, many specialty crops, where there are no alternatives. EPA could still appeal the Eighth Circuit ruling, but AFB's Cushman is hoping otherwise. But Hopefully the EPA will realize it messed up, the court found it messed up, uh, we've been telling them they messed up here, and just agree to, to go ahead and allow these uh, products back in the market again. Until then, Cushman says producers will continue being forced to use alternatives that may be less effective and cost more. Well, Ford investment in U.S. agricultural land is a big topic right now. USDA's latest research based on 2021 data shows over 40 million acres of American agricultural land are owned by Ford investors and companies This corresponds to 3.1% of all privately held agricultural land and 1.8% of all land in the U.S. Now, Canadian investors own the largest portion of foreign-held agricultural land with 31%, or 12.8 million acres of the total, and 0.97% of all U.S. agricultural land. Many of the current concerns center around China. According to the latest data, China's ranked 18th in ownership of U.S. agricultural land with 383,000 acres. That's less than 1% of total foreign-owned U.S. ag land and only three hundredths of 1% of all ag land in the U.S. It reflects a total area of about one-third the size of Rhode Island or that of an average Ohio county. Well, University of Illinois Farm Doc reports says China's soybean imports are likely to stay high through the fourth quarter of this year, taking 2023 purchases to an all-time record. However, lackluster demand from hog farms is seen as reducing soybean purchases in early 2024. Traders and industry analysts say record Brazilian soybean supplies are expected to dominate China's imports in the last three months of this year, citing better oil and meal quality that will reduce demand for U.S. cargoes in the world's biggest market for the oil seed. The larger share of Brazilian soybeans in China's import basket is likely to add pressure on benchmark Chicago futures, which slumped about 15% this year, snapping a four-year rally. The report says, quote, typically freshly harvested U.S. soybeans dominate the global export market after September as Brazil's export season winds down, end quote. But this year, China's purchases from the U.S. are well below normal. Well, Canada's livestock industry says California's attempt to impose animal care orders on out-of-state farmers and out-of-country farmers are not allowed under interstate or international trade regulations. However, there seems to be very little clarity on just what rules California is breaking. California's Proposition 12 has been in force since July, but beginning in the new year, pork importing distributors will need to submit third party certification to California officials that their products are in compliance with that state's new regulations. Now, Canada's farm animal care codes are part of its trade agreement with the U.S. Stephen Heckbert, the executive director of the Canadian Port Council, says that under the USMCA deal, provinces and states are not permitted to create non-tariff trade barriers. But Heckbert says California has clearly done just that. And with the U.S. Supreme Court's favorable ruling, Heckbert says that livestock groups are in discussion with Ottawa over the issue.
1: It's a state proposition. Something like this has a direct impact important to remember this actually impacts beef and chicken as well. The Supreme Court may not have understood the kind of interstate commerce implications this will in fact have in terms of states being able to make, frankly, non-tariff trade barriers that will deal with international trade. International trade and international trade agreements are the sole provision of the U.S. government. We're working with our government here to see the impact of this Supreme Court decision.
0: The Canadian government has issued a statement saying that it is currently analyzing the issue and is considering the U.S. obligations under both the World Trade Organization, and the existing USMCA. The Canadian Port Council and other livestock groups say that the state of California's new rules are going to have international trade ramifications. However, Heckbert says that he is at a loss as to just how California is going to enforce their state rules on other American states or other countries come 2024 when the new codes are to be implemented.
1: Does California now have a nationwide auditing system where they will send inspectors to each of these barns facilities? And if I'm in Iowa or I'm Nebraska, do I want inspectors from California? Whether the state of California now intends to send inspectors around Canada to determine who is Prop 12 compliant, I'm not really sure how California intends to do that. There's a whole bunch of implications.
0: And once again, Stephen Heckbert is the executive director of the Canadian Pork Council. Well, this tractor supply and company kicked off the second annual FFA Future Leaders Scholarship Fundraising Drive. The Tractor Supply Foundation established a fund last year with a $5 million commitment over five years, making it the largest agriculture scholarship of its kind. In 2022, the inaugural fundraising drive raised more than $1 million. The funds generated scholarships for 146 FFA students in 38 states, ranging from welding and electrical engineering to agricultural business, animal science, and others. Now through November 12th, customers can make a donation at checkout, either in TSC stores or online at tractorsupply.com. The goal is to raise another $1 million. The funds will generate $5,000 scholarships for students attending trade schools and two-year colleges to pursue a skilled trade or agriculture-related field. There will also be $10,000 scholarships for students pursuing agriculture-related four-year majors. After a successful 2022, the foundation can't wait to see what happens this year. And finally, here today on American Ag Today, Senator Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin and colleagues deliver $9.3 million in Transportation Department funds to expand Port Milwaukee's newly opened Agriculture Maritime Export Facility. The funding will support Phase 2 of the AMEF project, including the construction of two grain storage silos, purchasing of additional grain handling equipment, and the purchase of new equipment to move products between storage and vessels. Baldwin says, quote, Port Milwaukee plays a critical role in connecting farmers and businesses to markets around the world. This investment will strengthen maritime commerce, create jobs, and grow our economy, end quote. Now, Jackie Carter, director of Port Milwaukee, says she's grateful for the continued support they get and appreciates the Grant Award for the Agriculture Maritime Export Facility. Carter says, quote, the project will increase capacity and allow for the simultaneous handling of multiple agricultural commodities. It will provide access for producers and growers in Wisconsin and the surrounding states to efficiently move products to international markets, end quote. That's going to do it for American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.